You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. And I went side, you know, long ways, sideways. I didn't know they had an app like this. I could have just sent them that picture. So anyways, that just ruined me. That's my Vato app right there. So I tried it. Okay, so, so they've got, you know, you, you can actually uh, measure stuff with your camera lens. The fifth thing is you can create blueprints or you can design your dream room. You can use your smartphone for a high-level design you can create detailed bl- blueprints for your project or mock up that living room you always wanted. And so it, it's just amazing that, you know, instead of paying big bucks to have a designer come in, you can design this with your phone. I mean, that's super cool right there. I, I mean, I, I, I'm showing this, and I know Shauna's already probably going, mm, I want that because she's going to be designing things with these phones. And, and Janet, you know, she's going to be thinking, hmm, we need this for the church. And that's, number six, you can visualize your home using augmented reality. So you can take a picture of a room, and then you can put couches and seats and things like that where you want them to be. And, and it'll, t- it'll show you what they're going to look like. And if you don't like it, then fantastic. That's a lot better than going and getting furniture and having, you know, wives say, husband, take it in. You take it in. I don't like it. Okay, take it out. You know, so this is wonderful right there. Number seven, you can monitor your heart rate. There's, a, there's an app that you place your finger on your phone for a few seconds, and then this app will tell you what your heart rate is. Now, if you have a flat line, call 911. <laughs> and you can, use, you can use your phone for that too. Okay. <laughs> 911. So the eighth thing that I found is you can use your phone as a remote control. Yeah, then all the men in the house went, amen. Right? And so, so if you lose your, your remote, you never lose your phone. Your phone's always by you. You can have that phone, and you can change the channel, and you just sit on the king's chair. You know how it is, and it's just nice. Ah. Change. Then number nine, you can change the color of your light bulbs. So there's an app on your phone and there's light bulbs that you can buy that you can actually change the colors on your bulbs. You can dim them. You can darken them. Give me some light help right here. So you can do something like this. Where's my phone? I don't have it. Pretend. Okay, up. Give me some. Yeah. That's one of these, right? That's, that's for late night, honey. <laughs> Keep it G, babe. Keep it G. <laughs> if you're married, all right? Okay. You change the color of your level. Number 10, you can program your DVR remotely. So you can, you can, on your phone, you can, if you've got a ball game, I heard someone say right now, U of A and, or ASU, you can program your, your, your remote, your TV, your DVR, and it's wonderful to have all this. All those are great. 
There's an app that we have. The sound people have an app where they, they can go into any place in the room and on the iPad, they can turn the volume up and down. They can make sure that everything sounds right. There's an app. There's just wonderful things that you can do. And let me tell you something. All these developers, all these companies are not ashamed to tell you what they have. Because there's power in what they have. There's power in a phone that can start your car. 20 years ago, you would be like laughing at someone saying, huh? Whatever. Or someone that you, that you can get mixed, uh, 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 match paint. They'd be saying, you're crazy. There's power in those things. And they're not ashamed. I am not ashamed to tell you guys about these because they're, they're going to be helpful. Anything that will help Pastor Bob, I will tell you. So if he doesn't have to mix colors and if he doesn't, you know, all these things, right, PB? Right. Now, if these companies are not ashamed and I am not ashamed to tell you about this, it says something. But there's something that these apps can't do. They can't save your soul. They can't help you become more of a man or woman of God. You need Jesus to be able to do that. And so as we think about the iReach series, Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Savior of mankind. He is the great I Am. He came to save that which was lost. He's the one that went to the cross and said, It is finished. And then he told us, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. And baptize them. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed to do it. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He would say, come and see. Where are you staying, Lord? Come and see. And Jesus had the first small group. They went to his house and they met together. And they were changed forever. And I want you to grab a hold of this, beloved. The last thing I want to talk to you is we need to be unashamed of the Savior that we serve. We need to be unashamed of the God that is bigger than any problem. Of the one that came to give us life. Of the one that came to give us purpose. Of the one that came to give us respect. Of the one that came to give us dignity. We should be unashamed to share his love. And so as we take this unashamed app, there's four features that I want to talk about this morning. But let me pray. Father, thank you for a second service. Thank you for every person here because they are so special to you. Uniquely, wonderfully made by you, by your hand. And so as I speak, I pray that your words will be my words, that your power will be my power for this time, Lord, that your confidence will be my confidence, that your clarity will be my clarity. The things that I've studied, Lord God, I pray that they'll just be so concrete that they'll come out, Father, just easily. The things that I haven't studied, Holy Spirit, give me the unction to be able to speak in ways that only your messenger can speak. And with that, we pray that 
the name of Christ will be glorified. In his name we pray and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Four features. First feature is don't be denying. Don't be denying. Have you ever been dissed by someone? Has someone actually maybe uh, denied you or they've been embarrassed of you? Anyone ever had that happen? There's nothing worse for, you know, young people go through this all the time. There's cliques, there's clubs, and they'll say, you know what, you don't belong to us. And they might even be your friend. And maybe one grade, you're you, you, your friends, and the next grade, the people will treat you like if you're nobody, right? There's nothing worse for me as a pastor than for someone to come and say hi to me and, and love me at church. But when they see me uptown, they'll just, you know, turn their heads. Those things can happen, and, and it feels horrible, Right? But let me ask you a question. Do you deny that you're a Christ follower? And I don't want people to say, I want you to think about this. I want you just to ponder this. Do you deny that you're a Christ follower? Is that why you don't share him with those around you? So some of you might have said, you know, no, never, I'll never do that. Peter said the same thing. That's why I say be very careful in how do we share him with people around us? Do we, are we intentional about sharing the love of Jesus with people around us? You know, every, every friend, every friend that you have, whether it's your friend in a physical address book, and some of us have planners and you've got names and numbers written out there. Uh, I know Pastor Bob, you've got a, uh, a I'm not, these are positive. You've got a, 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 you've got where you can roll this around and you've got names and numbers on that. That's wonderful. Whether it's a physical planner and a physical address book, or maybe you have Twitter followers, people follow you on Twitter, or you have uh, Facebook or Instagram friends, every one of them need the power of God in their lives. If you think a level on a phone is great, you should try the level and the balance that the Holy Spirit brings into the hearts and minds of every Christ follower. If you think that turning on the light with your smartphone is cool, you should try, you should try having the darkness, of, 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 uh, the darkness be extinguished by the light of Jesus coming into your heart. And being set free from the bondage of sin that destroys men and women. You see, people around you need Jesus in their lives. Jesus said, everyone who will acknowledge me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Publicly. Anyone that will stand up for me, anyone that will say, yeah, I know Jesus. I love Jesus. I will do the same in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Anyone that will represent me here on earth, I will represent them in heaven. But anyone that will diss me here on earth, I will do the same. We are actually called to be representatives of God's goodness. We are called to Go and make a difference by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that you will 
receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my, in, Judea, in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What does that mean to us today? It means you will be my witness wherever you're at your community, and then be into your state and into, your, uh, uh, into the America and, and then beyond. We are called to be representatives of Jesus Christ. So I put a post. Anyone see my Facebook post last night? Anyone? Raise your hand if you did. I said, I didn't read my hand. I had some wonderful responses. Put a couple responses for me, Christy, just so I can see them. Because these, I, I put, you know, what are some of the things that you can share that show that you're not ashamed of God? And, and someone put, I am not ashamed to share the love of God and his son Jesus. They are my hope and are with me always. I, he gives me a new day every morning to sing his praises. Thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus. Thank you, for your sacrifice and sending the Holy Spirit to keep us on the right path to you. Praise God. Put another one, Christy, because I just thought it was fantastic. I just basked in this, thought it was wonderful. Can you put another one? Oh, you, that's it? Okay, so um, there's a lot more. Um, but he, here, here's what I want, I want you to know, that the world and the devil will try to have us deny God. Oh, there's another one. Let me just say this real quick. PC, God loved me before I was ever formed in the womb. He has been in the darkest valleys and atop the highest mountains of my life. He has never left me or forsaken me. With God who loves, with a God who loves that much, how could I ever be ashamed of sharing that great love with others and helping them to find Christ's love, grace, and mercy? Isn't that cool? But let me say this to you, beloved, because it's so important that you understand. The world and the devil will try to have us deny God. With our words, what are they going to think about me? What, what, what are they, can I, have you ever applauded the Wildcats, the Arizona Wildcats? Anyone ever applauded the Wildcats? Anyone ever put face on a Facebook post, Wildcats, Yeah. Can I tell you that those, those young men, my good friend Richard Lopez ministers to them and they need Jesus? When they're done playing, when they're done... When they're done with that, can I tell you? They need Christ. They don't need people worshiping him. They need to lead, be led to the one who's worthy of worship. But we represent the Wildcats. And I'm not, I'm not dissing on the Wildcats. I'm not dissing on ASU. But I'm saying there's, a, there's, there's someone who's more important. There's someone who died for our sins. There's someone that came to revive our soul. So we're afraid to say anything. And then, and then whenever they say, come on, let's do this, let's do this. Instead of us being transformed by the power of God, we conform to the things of the world. And so Paul wrote to Titus and he said, I want, I want you to tell our people of God that they need to walk the things that they, that they talk. There needs to be a difference. And he said this, such people, they claim they know God, but they deny him by the way that they live. 
Oh, I'm a Christian. Most people wouldn't even say that. Uh, you, uh, uh, Jesus is good. But the devil's going to try to draw you and bring you into a lifestyle that's going to, number one, let me just say this, a lifestyle that's going to destroy you. Let me just say that. It's going to destroy you. But then he wants you to deny the one that came to save you. It says a lot to me, you know, kind of like we cry out to Jesus when we're desperate. Your marriage is in shambles and you're like, oh, Lord, where are you? I need you right now. I need my wife back. I need my husband back. And then when God restores, because you start coming to church, you start walking with the Lord and God does amazing things. Then the devil starts bringing these things into your life. And you forget. We forget. But the beauty is that Jesus is never ashamed of us. He's never ashamed of us. He, he wasn't embarrassed about us when he hung on the cross at Calvary. Innocent. Never done anything wrong. They put him up there in, 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 in a garment. And they put him up there and they shamed him. They, they spit on him. They beat him and they bled. And their people mocked him. Here's the Lord of glory. And he's not dissing them. He doesn't say, Father, get them. Get them. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the Savior that we have in our lives. That's the God that we serve. And he said, I will build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm in, a, I'm in a season right now of open doors. I have never had this where I have family and friends that I grew up with that are so open to the things of God. I am just basking in it. So I went to New Mexico and... and, and, and my best friend from high school went and showed up and his wife and great friends of Shauna and I and, and, and my brother was there and his wife and, and, and we had some Daniel Plant carnitas and chicharrones. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for I have sinned. But I got them, and I said, come on, let's sit down, and, and let's, just, let's sit down, and let's have a thankful circle. Let's talk about what we're thankful about. about. And, and so we sat all around, and, and this is so foreign to them. They've never done anything like this. And they were uncomfortable, and we sat down. I said, I'll start. Let me tell you what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for that my mom's sitting right here. A year ago, they told my mom that they put her on hospice. They said, you're not going to live past a month. Six months after that, she was watching 700 Club and one of the people in the prayer time. And I'm, I, it's not 700 Club or anything else. It's Jesus. But they were praying and they said, someone has a condition and you're struggling with many, many different things. But hepatitis C is killing you. And right now, Jesus is healing you. And my mom said she felt her body get warm. She went to the doctor after that. The doctor said, we cannot find a trace of hepatitis C. 
So we sat there. We sat around this circle, and, and everyone's saying they're, what they're thankful for. And my brother gets up, and my brother's six foot four, 300 pounds, and he sits there and he says, I'm thankful that I'm still with us. I know that it's God that kept me alive. Amen. My best friend starts talking about God. My, my nephew says, Uncle, Big Vince, Uncle, you're like, you're like God. He wanted to say pillar, but he, he couldn't find that word, you know. But it's because of you, uncle. Because of you, you serve God. And, and you, you, didn't, you didn't change. You kept serving God. We want you to build a church in Lordsburg. And I told him, I don't build churches. He does. I said, but he wants for you guys to find a place. And we'll, we're, we'll pray. We'll pray that the Lord will have a place for you to worship where you're going to be able to be like this and be able to have sound teaching and grow in the things of God. And every one of them, and it was amazing, tears, they were crying, and there was everyone, everyone said the centerpiece of their conversation was Jesus is the reason to be thankful. Amen. Can I tell you what was happening a year ago? Beer pong. Meth, cocaine, we serve a God who's awesome. But what, 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 what I wanted you to grab a hold of is that you cannot compromise who you are in Christ for what the world offers you. And the church is so important. Jesus said, I will build my church. The reason I said all this is because people need church. How many of you are embarrassed of your church? Don't raise your hand. Don't even say anything. Just how many of you are embarrassed of your How many of you invite people to church? Church is where life change happens. Church is where we grow in the things of God. Church is where we encourage each other. In fact, the Bible says God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. He said, in the church, the demons and the angels are going to go, wow. You saved him? You saved her? He will, I can't believe it. The angels are saying, you don't know how many times I tried to guard them, Lord. And you're saving them. Thank you. And the demons are saying, you don't know how many times I tried to tempt them. God is not embarrassed of the church. He uses the church in all her imperfections to reveal the glory of Christ and his wisdom. It's in the church that we find a perfect God moving through imperfect and not-so-smart vessels. If you think you're smart, let me tell you right now, you better think twice. You're not that smart. God chose you before you ever chose him. Look, look at what the Bible says. It says, where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it 
that the world would never know, know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. He has used the foolish preaching. He has used people that we may not be that intellectual, but we've got the power of the living God. If you want to change people intellectually, you'll make scholars. You want to change power, uh, people through the power of God, you'll make disciples. And followers. Now, now, let me say this. That doesn't mean that you don't use your intellect. Some of you are saying, I'm a smart guy, pastor. Don't lean on your smartness. Lean on the power of God to allow your intellect to bring glory to his name. Don't be ashamed of God's church. Bring people to church because it's where they will connect to a real God who loves them. It's where they will grow into people who will honor God and they'll honor people. <laughs> it is incredible, man, because that meeting that I had with my brother and my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law is in the school system. My best friend's uh, wife is in the edu- educator. Uh, the, 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 my, one of my best friends is, uh, or good friends is a, is a uh, principal. Uh, another one is an athletic director, all kinds of things. And the schools are in trouble because there's no honor. There's no respect. They, don't, they, 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 they treat each other horribly. They need Jesus. You learn how to serve by using your gifts and your talents. It's in the church that you learn how to serve. Jesus didn't come to serve but to be served. I mean, he didn't come to be served but to serve. You reach others who need the grace of Jesus in the church. Feature number two, unashamed. Unashamed. This is radical because unashamed followers of Jesus are world changers. There's people in this congregation right now, you guys are world changers. What you're doing, I, I, can, I can pick you up, but I'm not going to do that. I can see what you're doing. You're changing the world. You're community changers. You change your community. You're, you're people who change your schools because you're unashamed. You're peacemakers. You're comforters. Companies are better with you in, your, in their organization. Universities are better with, with people that, that love God and are unashamed. Universities are better with them in their institutions. You'll make it a better place. You'll make Harvard a better place. You will make ASU, U of A a better place. Because you're going to be unashamed of Jesus. All those young people are being fed a bill of lies. Amen. Hospitals are better with them practicing there. We need more doctors, nurses that are God-fearing, God-loving individuals. The world is a better place because of the gospel of Christ. That's why Paul said, I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. I'm not ashamed. Can I tell you something, beloved? Let's not be bandwagon Christians. Let's not be bandwagon Christians. If, you're, if you have an I reach mentality, 
you will not be ashamed of the gospel. I love this image. I got it from Pinterest. And it kind of has a, uh, it kind of has a web browser, and it says, God, seek him because Google doesn't have all the answers. As smartphone, I mean, as smart as my smartphone and my smart tablet are, they fall very short from having the wisdom of God. They don't offer the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In fact, if you're consumed by your smart device, you will have no peace. That's going to help some of us. If you're, if you're consumed by Facebook, by Instagram, by Twitter, if you're consumed, you will not have the peace of God. You've got to spend some time with God. They don't possess a love which is unconditional and all-encompassing. Only God has that. The unashamed attitude understands that God will meet people where they need to be met. The Bible says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. I am not ashamed to share this with people because people all around us, let me say this, people are asking, but they're not getting the right answers. People are seeking, but they're not finding the right solution. People are knocking, but they are opening the wrong doors. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the way. And he is the right door. Don't keep the precious gift of Jesus from your friends, from your family, from your neighbors, from your co-workers. Invite them. Invite them to have a relationship with Jesus. Invite them to come to church. Feature number three, power. How many of you know that there's immense power, a lot of power in the world wide web? Millions upon millions use it every day. There, think about it. You can go in, in a search engine and you can find things that, is, that you could never find. You would need a bunch of books to be able to find the information you can find now. It's at your fingertips right now. Anything. It has changed the world as we know it, and technology is not going to go away. So if, you're, if you get upset about technology, I can't believe what's happening, it's not going to go away. We need to embrace it for the glory of God. And can I tell you, it has the power to influence millions of lives. The, the porn industry is a multi, not million, multi-billion dollar industry. There's power in there to influence. And these people, where, where do they see most of their porn? They're not getting it off of, a, of, off of a magazine like it was 25, 30 years ago. They're behind their tablet. They're behind their computer. They're behind their smartphone. And they're going, you know, and they're seduced. And, and there's power. But there's more power in God. There's more power in Jesus. And what the devil is using to destroy people, God will use it to change their lives forever. 
That's why I'm telling Living Word Chapel, don't shun uh, these social medias. Don't shun them. Embrace them. And let's be the people of God together. Teach your young people that they don't have to be on Twitter. See who they're following on Twitter. See who their friends are on Facebook. See what's going on. And, and together, let's say, let's do this together. The Bible says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You know, let me say this real quick because it's important. I I just learned, I, I read this in my studies this week, that apps, apps are killing the web. People don't go on, the, on their web browsers anymore because they all have apps. You can go on your phone and go to, there's thousands of apps that will take you quicker than, than, than Google. And so they're brainstorming. Google's going like, what's going on? But there's power there. But it's not the power of the living God. The reason that the devil plays havoc to keep you from inviting people to church or a small group is because he knows that there is power in the gospel. There is no power in James Reese. The only power that's in me is the power of Jesus Christ and what he's changed in my life. There's no power in Jeff's object. Pastor Jeff, he's, he's, a, he's a man who needs Jesus. With Jesus, he's amazing. There's no power in Bob Cannon outside of Jesus. With Jesus, he's a powerful man of God. But when I, when, if, if the Lord takes me a week from now, if he takes me a year from now, if he takes me 10 years from now, can I tell you, someone else will come and fill this pulpit and they will speak with the mighty power of God. I'm not saying I'm leaving because first service, they came to me and said, where, where are you, pastor? Are you talking like that? But what I want you to know is that there is Unlimited power in the gospel of God. And that's the gospel of Jesus. See, you'll never be able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me until you have received the gospel of Jesus. And Paul said, he said, I can live whether I am flourishing in abundance or I can live whether I'm in abasement and lacking a lot of things because I have Christ in every part of my life. I can do all things through Christ. Feature four. Feature four that you'll get inclusive. He said, to the Jew, then to the Gentile. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus because it's the power of God that leads unto salvation. Unto the Jew and unto the Gentile. You see, the Great Commission is intended to break the walls that split people apart. And it does that through Jesus. We live in a world where there are so many walls. And how do I know that? Just turn on the news. The recent happenings in Ferguson is a reminder that the world is divided. And can I tell you, it's not a skin problem, it's a sin problem. (laughs) 
It's amazing. And it's just, I just thought about this in between services. We sat around the, the table. I came from a place, Chinatown, where, where there, it, it was not a good part of town. And it was so funny because we sat around the, 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 this thankful circle and they were talking about how meth is just taking over. And I said, you know what, guys? Meth is taking over everywhere. Not just Lordsburg. Go to San Manuel. You can go to Oracle. You can go to Mammoth. You can go to Catalina. You can go to Tucson. You can go to San Diego. There's drugs infiltrating our societies, destroying people. And it was so funny because one of them that's very close to me said, you know what? It's because <laughs> I'm going to say this because it's hilarious. When do you ever hear this? He says, it's because they're letting whites over here. <laughs> when do you ever hear that? It was always the Mexicans, right? I said, yeah, mm, right. There are walls. There are walls that only God can break down. I want you to think about this. The first dispute in the, in, the, in the book of Acts, in the early church, the first dispute was a racial dispute. Acts chapter 6. They were distributing to all the widows, and they were ignoring the one that spoke Greek to the ones that spoke only Jewish. Hmm? Hebrew. The ones that only spoke Hebrew. The second thing that I see there is that when uh, um, uh, uh, Peter, the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He says, I want you to go, and I want you to go to this house. He said, I've never gone to a house that's unclean, where Gentiles are. There was a racial barrier. Let me tell you something, beloved. I want you to ask yourself a question. Do you cross over racial barriers in your life? Do you, if, you, if you're Mexican, do you have friends that are white? Do you have friends that are African-American? Do you cross those barriers? And if you don't, you need to start challenging yourself. What I love about Living Word Chapel is we're a kaleidoscope of people. God came to break down barriers and to bring us all together and united in Christ. Christianity is not about Republicans or Democrats. It's about followers of Jesus. And my prayer is that one of these days, that in this great United States of America, and it's only going to happen in, the, in and through the church, that there will be great Christ followers in every facet of the political affiliation that we will see the kingdom of God be glorified. It's only going to happen in the church. Where there'll be Jesus lovers that are Democrats, Jesus lovers that are Republican, and we won't have this. But we'll have this. Lord, we need to glorify you. It will only happen through Christ. Not only did Christ associate with the outcasts, but he saved their souls. thank him for that. I thank him that he associated with me. That he welcomed me where I was at. And he loves you. And he wants for you to bring people to him. To his love and to his grace. So let me say this. What's keeping you from sharing God's story with those around you? Fear? Embarrassment? He's not embarrassed of you. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
Your friends need Jesus. What's keeping you from sharing your story about what God's doing in your life? What's keeping you from inviting people to church, his instrument of of bringing people and growing them and saving them and having them reach other people? What's keeping you from sharing that with other people? It's time to reach the people around us, and God's going to help us. God's going to help us. We're in a season, beloved, I believe it. We're in a season of an open door. I have never heard my family tell me I need God. I have never, I have, they thought I was tripping. I'm not, I'm not kidding. They, and now they're, the doors are so open right now because of Jesus. Don't compromise with the world and for the world. Transform yourself in the power of the living God. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we have been learning how you desire to help us with your abundant resources that are available to Christ followers through the Holy Spirit. And these gifts can be likened to an app from the App Store given to make life easier and make us more effective for your purposes. You also desire for us to reach our friends, our family, co-workers, and everyone you put in our circle of influence. We choose today. Grab a hold of that, beloved. We choose today to have an I-reach attitude and impact our world for Jesus Christ. In his name, we all pray. Amen.